I, I guess that's one way to uh, let you guys know we're going to keep going here. So apparently we're having some issues with my microphone. See, this is, this is where doing things online is a little trickier because normally I just flip it off by now and I can project to a room, but I can't project through the internet. So for those of you online, we're, we're glad you're here. I'm not complaining about you. We're excited that you get this opportunity and you get to uh, uh, also watch this later on through the week. Oh, now they're going to make me hold something? Oh, this can't be good. Okay. Wow. I don't like holding a microphone when I talk. So this is going to be interesting for all of us. So this can either make this go really, really long or really, really fast. We're going to find out. So anyway, uh, I'm excited to be here. I was, I was thinking back, and I'm sure you guys were too, over uh, a year ago now. Um, I'm more excited to be on the stage now than I was a year ago because a year ago I had to like come up here and say, hey, here's why you're wearing winter coats because we had three of our six furnaces die on us and we're replacing them and now it's like a little toasty in here like I could honestly drop the temperature you know a good handful of degrees and be very comfortable but then I get yelled at by a bunch of people that said you're nuts and you shouldn't do that so anyway I'm excited to be here I'm always excited to be uh sharing this time with you guys and uh I'm super excited that like I love the holidays I'm excited that we're done and Kids are going back to school tomorrow. Not that I don't enjoy spending time with my kids, but I am a person who likes to live in rhythms. So I like kind of the first four hours of my day, I really like to have control of those and kind of be in this rhythm of life. I don't want to say routine because that kind of just, I don't know, it just sounds like you get stuck in a rut, but a rhythm where I get things going and if I can keep the chaos out of my life, for the first four hours, I'm pretty happy because um, then when the chaos comes, I'm prepared for it. So I'm excited that the kids are going back to school um, and, and that's going to help because then we're, we're back into that rhythm. Uh, and I also like this time of year because it's, it's time where I reset things and, and I look at goals and, and kind of what I wanted to accomplish in the last year and did I succeed in things I wanted to do. And, and I'm happy to say that I definitely succeeded in one of my goals. Um, I always have a goal of not having a negative interaction with law enforcement. So I didn't receive any tickets this year. I didn't, you know, I was never arrested. Uh, I wasn't involved in any, you know, court appointed activities. So it was a successful year of that. And, and so that is again, one of my goals for this year. And I thought, you know, there's probably some of you that have that same goal. So I thought just to help you out in achieving your goals, I was going to go through a few of the lesser known laws that you may find in the state of Michigan. Okay, just to help keep you on track through 2023 so that things go well. Um, so first, I don't know if you guys knew this, but it's illegal to idle your car in the driveway in the state of Michigan. And this one kind of makes sense. But it's also a little difficult because some of you are like, well, it's really cold out and I want to warm up my car. To be perfectly honest with you, I do less idling my car in the winter than I do in the summer because I don't like the heat and I'll 
crank up my air, but you're not allowed to. And, and there's three main reasons. One, the first one, they say it's bad for the environment to, you know, just let your car run. But then they all say, well, it's a safety issue because if your car's running, then, you know, a kid or an animal could get in and put it into gear. And then, you know, it, it could cause some, some injuries and some damage. And then the third thing is, for those of you, for those people who may not have the same goals that I do, um, it is a little more advantageous and easy for them to, you know, remove your car from your driveway. Uh, so that, that's one of the things. If you're idling your car, you could end up with a ticket or a uh, citation for that. Another thing, it's against the law to serenade your girlfriend. Now, this is, uh, this is more in the Detroit area, and it's never been a concern for me. Um, I don't have a girlfriend. I've been married for 22 years, so I don't have a girlfriend, um, and I can't sing. So this has never been a concern. But maybe back in the day, if, if Pastor Bruce or Pastor Michael or Dr. Bowley were, were in the Detroit area and, and dating, that could have been a concern for them. But just so you know, okay? You, you younger fellows there, you, you, you can't serenade your girlfriend in the Detroit area. Um, you also, no person shall throw abandoned hoop skirts into the street. This is a Grand Haven law, okay? Wendy and Chris, is Grand Haven law, all right? I had a few questions about this one, okay? This is, it reminded me of this clip, this audio clip that goes around where the character says, if I had a nickel for every time this happened to me, I would have two nickels, but it's still weird that it happened twice. Like, what's going on that there's so many hoop skirts getting thrown into the street that they had to make this a law? And I'm really concerned about why are they being abandoned? Like, what is going on that people are like, yep, yeah, we're just going to leave this right here. So anyway, if you're in Grand Haven and you see a hoop skirt laying around, refrain from throwing it in the street. That's actually a $5 offense. So if you do decide to do it, just have a five spot in your pocket to clear that up, okay? You cannot buy, sell, or trade a car on Sunday. Most of you guys are aware of this, but like if you went to a dealership, yeah, Carrie's like, stop me. <laughs> uh, but if, if uh, you went to the dealerships, there may be people there that will help you, but they can't actually execute the transaction in the state of Michigan on a Sunday. So something to be aware of. Also, a man is not allowed to scowl at his wife on Sunday. Some of you broke this law today, didn't you? When you asked the question of, hey, how much longer before we can leave? And you got the answer of just another minute. And you knew that was a lie. And you may have scowled. I probably should get a ticket on that one a lot. Uh, also, it's illegal to paint a sparrow and sell them as parakeets. Okay? So in the state of Michigan, you can't do this. I'm not an animal person. I have four kids. I have enough things that make a mess. I'm definitely not a bird person. I don't know if any of you guys, like, this ruined your, your goals for this year to start a side hustle and get a little extra change, and you're like, I got a lot of sparrows now. What am I supposed to do? Um, yeah, you can't paint them and sell them as parakeets. And last, a woman cannot cut her hair without her husband's permission. Okay? Now, this sounds bad, but this could save marriages, okay? Because if a wife had to go and ask permission to get a haircut ahead of time, that's a good reminder for the guy to compliment her hair in the very near future and not maybe like a month down the road 
when he finally realizes that something has changed. So this, this one actually makes a lot of sense to me, and, and I think that's important. But anyway, so my goal is to obviously not have that negative interaction with uh, the law, and, and this will hopefully help you um, achieve that goal throughout the year as well. But every year at this time, we do get into a rhythm, and, and we, we go through a two- or three-week series called One Word. And that's where we focus on your word for the year. In fact, we have these, these cards already made out for you. Um, our printer had some difficulties, uh, so we don't have as many as we normally do, but we will have more next week. So on your way out at the tables, you can grab one. Um, you can write your word on it, and next week we'll have a bunch of them. Uh, so you can take multiples, because I, I put them on my office computer screen, I put them in my car, I have them in the bathroom. You kind of put them all throughout the house, so you're constantly reminded of your word for the year. And, and so this is a big thing we do here, and, and we go through that. So we'll spend the next couple of weeks, you know, kind of really diving in to the word. And, you know, when we think about laws... In the value of even a single word, I, I kind of thought of, well, there is one law that, that makes sense and is based on the use of a word. And, and I'm sure you guys are all aware of this, that, that you cannot yell fire in a crowded space if there's no fire. And you can't yell other words that will, that will incite people to panic and to run and stampede and get things crazy because people can get in trouble. People can get hurt, and it can cause a lot of chaos and, and problems, and, and it makes sense, but it is amazing that the power of one word, that by yelling a word has caused injury, it's caused death, it's caused all sorts of chaos, and so often we lose track of the value in the strength of words. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time looking at the value and the strength of words. But let's, before we go any further, let's go ahead and, and stop a moment and, and just pray. Lord, we just praise you for this day. We praise you for this opportunity to, to worship you and to hear from you. And God, may this year be a year that our lives are transformed, and more importantly, God, that we are on fire for the kingdom. And Lord, in this moment, in this time, I just ask that you calm our hearts, clear our minds, open our ears so that we can hear from you and only you, Lord. Personally, Father, if there's anything I'm about to say or that, that I'm thinking of saying that isn't of you, Lord, just remove it from my mind. Do not let it leave my lips. And if it does, let it fall on deaf ears. We praise you for what you will do in this time. And may it be glorifying to you. Amen. So in Scripture, we, we see the value of words. We see times where one word changes so many things. And, and to me, there, there was this one instance, and it's kind of a weird one. It, it might not be one that, that pops into your head, but there's actually this account in Judges where you see 
the Israelites, and, and they're constantly, like through the Old Testament, especially the first part, you see a lot of conflict. And so there's this conflict over by the, uh, the Jordan River, and, and it kind of even starts funny. Like sometimes you read scripture and you're like, oh, wow, that, like, that escalated really quickly. And actually this one guy goes to the leader of this other tribe and says, hey, how come when you were fighting these guys, you didn't ask for our help? And because of that, we're going to burn your house down on your head. And I'm like, wow, that just got serious really quick. And the guy responds, well, we did ask for help, and you didn't respond, so we just went ahead and defeated these people on our own, and, and we took care of it on our own. So they, they kind of conquered this area, and they, they've controlled it, and it's by the, the fords of the Jordan River. And, and the problem is there was still people from that conquered area, and they were trying to get back into their land. And so every time someone would come and want to cross over the Jordan and enter back into this land, they would ask him, say, hey, are you one of them? And they'd go, oh, no, 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 I'm not one of them. And then this is the response that they had. It was in Judges 12, 6. It says, they said, all right, then say Shibboleth. And if he said Sibboleth, so we're, we're missing something there, because he could not pronounce the word correctly, they seized him and killed him at the fords of the Jordan. And again, you're like, wow, that escalated pretty quickly. The guy like just mispronounced a word, but, but in the dialect and the accent that they would have had, they weren't able to say that word correctly. And so it was identifier, the shibboleth. It identified you as being a friend or a foe, an enemy or an ally. And it, it let them know that, okay, if we're allowing people in that we know can't say this, they will eventually go and attack us from the inside. And so it was a safety measure. And you're like, wow, that's crazy that it happened to that guy. Again, like the next verse says it happened like 42,000 times. So like the, the message did not get out that like, hey, learn to say this word. Um, but it's just one of those instances where you're like, wow, a word, an identifier carries so much weight and so much power. And you just think back at at the value of words, and I've shared this story before that, that I was thankfully raised in a very annoying household where, where we learned the value of words. And so I spent a lot of time because my dad was uh, a realtor and a, a builder, and we would travel the, the rural areas of, of Van Buren County a lot, so we'd spend a lot of time in the car, and, and my dad would often forget to feed us. And so, like, lunchtime would kind of come and go, and and then we would be there and we'd say, hey, dad, can we go to McDonald's? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can go to McDonald's. And, and we knew, like, he just forgot to feed us, but it was like one or two, so, was, you know, we're getting hungry. And, and we'd see those, those arches coming, and then we'd see those arches behind us. We'd go, dad, you said we can go to McDonald's. He'd say, yeah, yeah, we can. Like, dad, will you take us to McDonald's? He goes, oh, you just asked if we could go. Yeah, we're capable of going. And for the record, I do this to my kids. It drives them nuts. It's great. But they learn the value of a word. And so then we'd be like, okay, yep, yep, I will take you to McDonald's. So he would take us into the parking lot and then get ready to leave again. Dad, 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 can you take us to McDonald's? Or will you take us to McDonald's and will, will you get us food? And he'd be like, oh, you want me to take you to McDonald's? and you want me to order you food? And we're like, yes. And so then he would order the food, and then he looked at us and said, okay, it's going to be like $10. We're like, no, Dad, will you pay for it? And we kept playing this lousy game of trying to figure out exactly how to say things. And, and so thankfully, I, I grew up learning the value of words and how to say things. And, and you can see that 
that there's some instances where learning a word is very important. And God gives us great value on, on words. And maybe one of the greatest openings to any book of all times, we actually see in the book of John and how that opens. It's, it blows away, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It blows away the opening to any other book. And it, it sets such an amazing stage as you read through the Gospels. But in John 1.1, this is how it begins. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. And right there, right in the start, we see so much right off the bat that, that the word was with God and was God. It said he was with God in the beginning. And we start to realize that he is identifying Jesus. Part of the Trinity who was there from the beginning. Jesus wasn't a, a new thing. But God from the very beginning and identified as the word, the power of the word of God. And he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And when you're about to tell the story of God, that is a great way to start. In one of my favorite translations, it actually says, the darkness cannot comprehend it. So we see God's word is Jesus. We just got done celebrating a season where we acknowledge Jesus taking on the role of a man, being fully man, fully God, purely out of love for you. And we see this, how it's laid out right here. And, and then a little bit later in the chapter, it actually takes the next step. And it says, the word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. He has seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace, full of truth. God gave us the word right from the beginning. knowing full well that, that the word, that God was taking on flesh and dwelling among us. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. The word became flesh and sat in your office. The word became flesh and was at your Christmas dinner. The word became flesh and lived your life, experienced your life, felt pain, felt betrayal, felt torture, felt embarrassment, purely out of love. See, well, God is God. Jesus never gave up being God, but when he took on that fully man part, that flesh part, did not make it so he didn't feel what you feel and know what you know and experience what you experience. The Spirit of God, God himself, joined us when the Word became flesh. 
See, then Jesus died and was resurrected and ascended. And the Spirit took over and became our, our go-between, became our, our part, dwelt inside of us. So now we take on that role of dwelling in our neighborhoods. See, when the Spirit came inside of us, we now take on the role and responsibility of, of being in the neighborhood, of being in the office, of, of being at Christmas dinner. We take on the responsibility of carrying that light that confounds the darkness, that, over, that cannot be overcome by the darkness, to the darkest places. And we actually see where, where God gave us a word. So often we read in Scripture where it actually says, Go. The first word God gave us as an action point is we now move on and carry our responsibility of kingdom impact to God's creation and we join God in his redemptive mission is to go. We see Jesus interacting with people and, and saying, go and sin no more. He's saying we're done with this old self. That's forgiven. We're starting something new and we're going to move. We're going to be in action we're going to put all of this nonsense behind. He doesn't sit there and say, well, let's, let's qualify your sin. Let's determine whether you're, you're worthy of the go order. He just says, stop and go. Stop what was behind you. Stop the past and go and do it no more. And then before his ascension, he goes to his disciples. And he says, I need you to go. You're going to go to Judea and Samaria and to the other most parts of the earth. You're going to go to every corner, every crevice, every part of this world. Everywhere my creation is walking and breathing and talking and interacting, I need you to go there. And I need you to share with them what I have told you, what I have done, how much I love you and what I was willing to do because I love you before you were even created. Christ loved you and died for you. And he needs to make sure that message is carried out. So when the Spirit came in, you you now have this responsibility to go and maybe for some of you this year your word is go but far too often we don't do the go part very well coming up in the next couple months i have to fill out something called my annual service report and that is where, as a licensed pastor in the Wesleyan Church, they, they check in and say, okay, you know, how's everything going? And there's some, you know, short answer, checkbox questions, and then there's some long answer questions. And they, everyone has to fill one out, and we actually then have to fill one out for the church on how the church itself is doing. And I'm honestly not looking forward to, well, I don't know that anyone looks forward to filling out this form. But there's one question on there that, that I'm already disappointed in what my answer will be. And so I ask, you know, how many people are you discipling or how's your discipling process going? And we've talked about this for a while is, is our oikos, our circle of seven, you know, the people that God has placed in our lives for us to go to, for us to carry the light to. And, and there's been stretches throughout this last year where I've been really good and really intentional on connecting with the people that God has put in front of me and, and, and really reached out to and walked alongside them. Some of them are going through some really tough stuff. 
But then there's been too many stretches, to be perfectly honest with you, where I forgot to reach out. And I forgot to connect. And see, so for my report, I don't get to count this time. Like, I hope that, that through the words that, that God prepares and, and that I get the opportunity to share, that it does help some people move in their faith and move in their relationship with God. But that doesn't count because our go is outside of this building. It's building a relationship with people. It's walking alongside them. It, it's connecting with them. And I got to do a lot better job at going. I got to do a lot better job at connecting. And then we fill out this one for the church. And, and on a Sunday, you know, we're, we're averaging around 200 people. And they ask this question of how many people committed their life to Christ? How many people reconnected with Christ? How many baptisms have you done? How many baby dedications have been done? And our number is significantly smaller than it should be. Because I think we forget to go sometimes. Maybe a lot of times. You know, we, we should, in a, in a church of this size, in a community of this size, we should be hearing weekly stories of people's lives transformed. We should be hearing weekly of, of people that you've connected with, that you've sat with, that you have, you have helped, that you have walked alongside of. Seeing God in you, seeing the light and the darkness through you, and they should, be, they should be coming to Christ. They should be rededicating their life to Christ. You should be discipling them through just like I should, and we should be hearing these stories weekly. So either we're really, really lousy at sharing the stories, which give encouragement to, to everyone else, or maybe we're just not great this past year at doing it. We were given the first order to go. So that's one of our challenges. How are we going to execute the go? Because coming here on Sunday, I, I love seeing you guys on Sundays. I really do. I love it when we have to add extra chairs. I love it when, when we get to catch up with people and and when we get to be in community and we get to connect and we get to be a family and that's a huge part of things. But we have got to be reaching the 61% of Kalamazoo. We have got to be making an impact in people's lives outside of this room. And so maybe that's, that's part of your prayer. Maybe that's part of the, the prayer of asking God what your word is. So my three questions for you that you, you know, mine are never all that difficult. You can probably see them coming like from a long way away. But the first one is, have you asked God for your word? Have you spent time praying? Because we've, we've suggested for the last couple of weeks, hey, be praying over what this word is. Because we believe wholeheartedly that God will give you a specific word for the 2023 year. That he will, he will give you a word and, and it's amazing how the words work. I, I've gotten the word before of finish. And, and 
it was refreshing that that was the word that God gave me that year because I, I needed to accomplish some things. And I needed to finish some things. And that was my encouragement of, okay, God is behind me. And it was, it was more of a push of you can do this. And it was an encouragement. And I've had a word of, of refresh where God was saying, okay, we're going to recharge you this year. We're going to be pouring into that. And, and God will give you. And so have you prayed over your word? Have you prayed and said, God, reveal it to me? And I encourage you, like, every day, put these cards everywhere where you'll see it. So you, you're constantly reminded of what God has spoke to you early in the year. Some of you already have your word, and that's great. Some of you have been praying, and you're not quite there. And some of you like will get it in a week or two, and that's and that's fine. God will give you this word, but but pray and ask. And then once you have it, the next question I have for you is: Have you prayed about what God, how God is going to use your word? Because He's not going to give it to you unless He wants to use it. There's an intention behind it. I don't know if you have noticed throughout Scripture, we serve and are created by a very intentional God. No moment is wasted. No moment goes unredeemed. And so if God gives you a word, there is a purpose behind it. It is fantastic if every day you start your day praying that God will give you opportunity to live out your word. If your word's a challenge word that, that pushes you, that you ask God, give me opportunity, give me strength. If your word is, is a recharging word, that you pray that peace over you, that God helps make you whole again. But pray over that word. And my last question for you today can you say shibboleth? Not like actually pronounce it, but, but if you were put into a test, if people had to define you by your ability to connect to the servants of God, by your ability to connect to someone who is sold out because they understand God's love for them and wants to carry that on, could you be identified in that way? Would you be identified as an ally or enemy to what God's doing? Because it's an all or nothing. There is no middle ground. There is no, well, you know, go to church on Sunday and I'm a decent person. So I'm just kind of right here in the middle. It's a, I'm going full bore or I'm in opposition. Because we have such a short period of time. So many opportunities every day for us to make an impact in people's lives. And I don't know outside of the fact that people know that, that I'm on staff here at the church and, and I have opportunity to preach at times. I, I don't know that everyone I come in contact with would identify me in that way. And that's a problem. That's something I need to fix. It has to be so identifiable. Not in the way that people go, oh, there's that crazy Christian guy, but identifiable in the way that someone goes, hey, that, that person is different. That person is connecting 
to me differently. That person cares at a different level for me. Like we oppose each other in so many of these controversial areas, but yet I feel more loved by this person than I do those who agree mostly with me. I don't feel the judgment from that person that I feel from others. So I actually feel loved by this person that they have sacrificed time and resources. They've invited me in. They care for my family in ways that doesn't make sense. Because not only will that person who you're walking alongside with recognize you as, as a servant of the Most High, but those who watch how you interact with them will start to go, wait a minute, what's going on different with that? And that's what it looks like to carry light into darkness. In a way, our dark world struggles so hard to understand. And there is no amount of darkness that can hide that. Let's pray. Father, we, we start by acknowledging your amazing love for us. the comfort we have of understanding that in the beginning, so before anything ever happened, you were already there. And Father, we praise you for that. We praise you that, that Jesus was with you and is God and, and was there from the start and that, that you've loved us so much. that the word became flesh. God, we're humbled and blown away by the, by the privilege and the responsibility to be light bearers. By the challenge to go, by the, the relief and, and the blessing it is to go and walk away from our sinful past by all of the things that have, that have weighted us down before that we can just walk away and leave that behind and go and sin no more. And that God, that you even redeem us, pull us out of that and then tell us to go and join you in your mission to redeem your creation. God, give us strength, give us peace, give us comfort, give us wisdom as we join you in your work. Make known to us those who we're supposed to connect with, who we're supposed to walk alongside with. And give us a boldness to even go beyond our comfort zones. Lord, give us an attitude to do it all for your glory and your praise. Amen.